You, you, you are now listening to the Project Kuwait. To the Project Kuwait. To the Project Kuwait. Where we stop at nothing to bring you the right facts on health, fitness, and psychology. Featuring some of the world's most experienced professionals. So you can learn, lift, and live with your hosts, Meg, Dr. D, and Mehdi. Ten myths. Awesome myths. On the mind. They and you'll be very, very surprised. You got to listen to this episode because I was surprised at some of those information. Very true. Very yeah. productive. It was, and it was out of Psychology Today. They wrote 10 Myths About the Mind. It was a pretty good article. Good read, by the way. And yeah, I think you broke it down pretty well, Dr. D. And, and I think those 10 things really, I mean, expanded other ways. I'm sure that other people also feel. So if you are interested in understanding realizing what are the 10 myths? How did we think about it? Did I agree or not agree? Sexual addiction. Sexual addiction. Does it really exist? Grief. We, mm, we grief. went on in grief for a while. We did go on because grief is a big important yep. thing that a lot of people have been experiencing. Five left brain, right brain. That's right. And what was the other one? Left brain, and, right brain. We had visual, auditory and intelligence. learners. Intelligence. That's right. So there were some really good things in there that you would be surprised that are myths and that are true. And I think we came to the same conclusion that we really don't know that much about the human body and as it continues to develop. It's true, very so, true. And at the end of the episode, we get into dealing with grief. We talk about my grief a little bit. And my this grief. Is, yep, Dr. D's and yeah, my situation right. in front of my son the other day. And then we are going to have a contest. So make sure you stay tuned on Instagram because it's between me and Dr. D and vote for Mehdi. Vote for Dr. D. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review. All this and more in today's episode. I can't find number two, Dr. D. We're on, by the way. <laughs> I do this all the time. I Why love do you do this all the time? I, I love having the You don't prepare over. me. And I just like, oh, we're on already, Dr. D. I know. I like when you're unprepared. You're a lot more relaxed. I like more fun? Yeah, you are. You're actually a lot more fun. I mean, you were just saying about my videos that is like... You know, they're script. They're not script. I swear this is me. Are you getting mad at me? No, I'm just being just honest. Wanna, but they're not scripted. But I'm being honest with you. It's it's. I get a different Dr. D here. Of course. There's only two and of us in this room. Like, like a lot of people say that too. Well, not a lot of people, but the people who know us and know the show. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're like, it's so weird watching her Instagram <laughs> versus listening to her and watching her on the Project Kuwait. Yeah, it's, it's almost true, like right? she's a completely different person. You know, I mean, like, I hear is I'm just relaxed. See, it's, and it's fun and it's, it's the because atmosphere. It's, it's, yes, it's my house. I don't have three, four people in front of me. They're trying to judge you. Ooh, you know. I mean, they're saying they're not judging you, but you're like the expert, and they're doing this show. Do you, and, do you, but do you care? Well, I say I don't care, but obviously I care. I wouldn't be scripted. Really. Yeah, really? not that I care they're going to say something about me, but maybe I care about the way it, it comes out. I don't know. Something must be. See, I never care. I mean, we have to care sometimes. You can't like live life without caring about anything. When I look at it in retrospect, I'm like, okay, does this person really give a crap about what I look like, what I'm wearing, what I'm doing, or my actions? Okay, the most they're going to do is talk about it for 15 minutes with their buddies or whatever. But at the end of the day... If I'm comfortable in my own setting, that's all that matters. The only time I do care is when I have a conversation with someone and I think I said something stupid that may have offended them. That's when I actually care. And it's more of guilt than anything else. So I don't know. I think people have over overusing this idea. I don't care who cares about what people think about me. I think it's all BS because if that's true, then why is it that we're constantly catering our Instagram so that way other people might like it and 
And why do we, whenever we're in front of other people doing presentation, I have to be a certain way. And why is it that when I'm meeting with my students, I'm different. And when I'm here, different. I mean, somehow unconsciously, I must care because I say I don't care. I say that, I mean, even the guys on TV is like, you know, you're the expert here. Who's going to know what you're doing or not doing? But still, so you're like, yeah, 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 you're right. But still, there it must yeah, be a level of, of I care. But at the end of the day, when you put it out on TV... Like if another psychologist sees you and they're like, she doesn't know what she's yeah. talking about, you know, like that, that's where you need, but you don't need to worry because you know your shit. If you know well, your shit. Well, I mean, shit, I don't think I'm worried about my information. I think that, you know, I love to it. me. You say information. I say if you know your shit. shit. I think it's more like how it's presented. Even though you say to yourself, I don't really care. You know, they want me to do this. I'm doing them a favor. I'll just do it. But I think you and I think a lot of people use this. I don't care, but they do care. But do you think I care? Yeah, I think you do. Really? Care. Of course. You care about what Haya thinks of you. You care about what your coach thinks of you. No, you I care really don't. No, co- co- oh, hold your, on, hold on. My coach, I definitely don't care what he thinks. Of you me. care about how your boss think of you? No, I don't. There must be a an element of I care. There's no 100% I don't care. I totally disagree with that. I honestly, but I don't care. Maybe That's you the don't thing. because and when it's it comes in the to unconscious. Work, but when it comes to work and like there's a level of professional professionalism because I get paid to do a job. Yeah. Now, when I do my job, I'm very straightforward and I don't care whether they're going to accept my recommendations or not. At the end of the day, I want to do the job to the best of my ability, whether it upsets someone or it doesn't. And people always say to me, you know, you should have said it differently. I'm like, but dude, I don't care. I'm doing the right thing. At well, maybe the end I of should the day, rephrase. I need to rephrase. What I need to rephrase is that no, is that is no, is that the <laughs> idea of like there is no I don't care hundred percent of everyone in our life. I don't care when it comes to certain places, certain people, but. Definitely, I care when it comes to certain other people. Well, I care about DJ. Like I, I, I care. Think you care. I about, care about my impression in front of my son. Like, and, I your, don't... and your wife, maybe, yeah, maybe your father. Yeah, I mean, I don't again. know. I can't tell all these people. But what I'm saying is that when people say I don't care and they act like it is definitely hundred percent everywhere. I mean, we know we have so many roles in our lives, and we have different characters and. We are different people in different places. There must be a person or a situation or a place we do care. But I think it makes you look better when you say, I don't care. Like, you know, I ask people all the time in my class, whenever we're talking about perception, I don't care. I don't I don't want to be the same as everyone else. Then why is conformity so high in the world? That's true. That's a good point. People like constantly give you this thing about, no, I don't care. I like being different. We spend all the time trying to be the same. I mean, look yeah, at this Instagram. You know? That's a good point. No, that's very true. So I think I feel like people just use idols. But again, like, all right, I tried to conform and wear something nice to my cousin's birthday party. And I lasted 20 minutes in a button down t-shirt. And then I literally took the button down off. I took it off in the middle of the restaurant. I was wearing a t-shirt, you know, a, it was a, a burrito bowl t-shirt underneath. <laughs> because like I got you it. Couldn't have and put I got, something I got it for I got it for free at a Bruins game. Well, actually, hey, I got it for free because it was her birthday. <laughs> and it was Chipotle that gave her the shirt, <laughs> actually. So I'm wearing that under. My cousin looks at me, she's absolutely appalled. I'm like, what? I was like, I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable wearing a button-down shirt. I was friggin' uncomfortable. I didn't like it. So I wanted to be myself. I wanted to be normal. To me, that's normal. To other people, that's like, oh, you know, this guy has no respect or whatever. I mean, I feel like that's selfish of you, though. 
How Do you know why? Selfish? Because this it's is my birthday. It's selfish of them for no, not letting me my be myself. Birth- then don't come. It's my birthday. I want the birthday to be certain. I've invited certain people that I care about. I had a certain ambiance. And I would like people to respect that. Now, if you're uncomfortable in a button-up shirt, and then don't come because the idea is, is that I've invited people that I care about and I want a certain image for my picture for my birthday. Well, she got the picture. I had the shirt on for the picture. 20 minutes? Yeah, that's Why do good. people have to put up with that? Dr. D, I wear a button shirt every day to work. I wear pants or khakis to work every day. It's a birthday During party. During the weekends and at night, I'd rather be in training pants or shorts and a t-shirt. Then you're just thinking of yourself. Exactly. I'm thinking of my but that's level my of comfort. Birthday. It's your but cousin's it's my level birthday. Of, then don't invite me like you said. I wouldn't don't be offended. Go. Like, I wouldn't be offended. No, no, no. She invited you. I have to go to a wedding. You should have said, look, if I have to wear my button shirt more than two hours, I'm not coming. Be honest. No, it'd be more than 20 minutes. I have to go to a wedding. Okay. And everyone was like, what are you going to wear? Are you going to wear a suit or are you going to wear it? I was like, I'm wearing Dishdasha. Well, yeah. They okay. were like, why? I was like, because I can take off the Hutter on a gal after 20 minutes. I'm fine. You know, like, so it's okay. For me, then it's, you should it's wear easier. Dishdasha for a birthday. No, I wasn't going to do that. It well, was a birthday. A, it wasn't a wedding. A wedding is a important. restaurant. A wedding's way more important. Was it at a restaurant? Yeah, it was at a restaurant. I didn't really care. Now, obviously, your cousin wants to celebrate her birthday. She was fine with it. She probably knew I was going to do that shit. They were probably expecting me to show up in like a t-shirt and jeans. When in reality, I showed up half decent. So I guess she like was very you, happy. You, you sound like you've done them a favor. I really did. They've done you a favor by inviting you. Most likely, yeah. They probably did. And that's... <laughs> they that's, realize you don't have a social life. Let's give them something more than just working out. Actually, it's funny. I do have... I get invited a lot. Do you really? I really... I've get, never heard anything that you go anywhere. I don't. I, you just go to the gym to work and come home and stay with your family. And the podcast. I mean, oh, of on. course. Who runs the show, all right? Yeah, but this is not socialization. Takes, yeah, but so it takes can a we, lot of time. Can we say that you're an introvert? Hell no. You are an introvert. I'm going to be in front of 500 people this weekend emceeing an event. There's no way I'm an introvert. Well, that doesn't mean that you're not an introvert. And I have a lot Who of friends. Who says that you have... <sighs> I have a ton of friends. But you enjoy your time alone. It's not really alone. It's priorities. In but all you honesty, enjoy it's being priorities. By yourself. Do you get your energy from being around people or do you feel like people suck your energy when you spend quite a time with them? <sighs> it depends on the person. Like, it depends on the people. I don't no, know. No, there's no depending on the people. No, it depends you're on the people. A, you're on a, in a social setting extroverts at they the gym, love going to at the, the gym there at the gym there are people where i feed off of their energy yes like 100 percent, i'll feed off of their energy if they're there and i'm talking to them or whatever i'll probably have a good lifting session but then there are people at the gym that if they are there it's like oh my god like really they do kind of not suck the energy out of me but put a damper on it you know and then they're it's the same with that work but in general, like I do have a social life when I want one, but I prioritize. So you get invited a lot? A lot. And I always say no. Just say yes and I'll go with you. You and Heya. You're the only the two time. people I like to hang out with. I know we're cool. I mean, I hang out with... Well, I hardly ever hang out with you because you never invite me. Apparently, apparently we're <laughs> You're so, not that cool. Apparently we're so cool that we turned down a lot of people in one week. And Did you really? I told you we got invited by someone to dinner. You should have said, yes, I'm bringing my psychologist next time i will this is a good way for me to meet people next time i'll be like look 
I won't go, but I'm going to tell my shrink. And I'm not she coming will go. by myself. I'm going to tell the co host of the show. She'll go and she'll, Wait, I like she'll of, t- I like official invitations. Like, I'll do those. Like, you know, when you've got invited, like, embassy or diplomatic stuff or some uh, kind of a social gathering. Taya had to force me to that embassy event. She no, literally nice. had to force me. And then I you, know how she got me to, you know how she got me to go? She was like, Maddie, you got to think of the show. She was like, put yourself aside and think of the show. And I was like, See? You know what, you're right. Put yourself aside. See, even your wife is giving you a message. No, because it's not a social awkwardness. It's the whole, like, sometimes you got to put on that that act. Like, in, in a social setting like that, you can't tell people how you truly feel. Like, they could say something outrageously stupid. And you know it's stupid or something that's outrageously false, right? And give this false perception. But you can't really say anything because you're in a social atmosphere. To me, that like kills me because it's like, I want to say this. Like if you're sitting in front of me, you're being this fake and I know the real you. Why are you putting on this phony act? Because everyone needs to do whatever they need to do to be able to survive. So if this is their defense mechanism. Who are you or me to say, change it, unless it's causing them okay, some discomfort? Okay, but don't be fake in front of me. I, it's like, dude, I knew you before maybe you they got don't started. Want, maybe like, they I don't. know the real you. I know who you are. But, you know, we all know that people do these things so, because this is their way of surviving. Did you see the project shirt that I made that says, be real, be true, be you? That's you. Yes. And yeah. I think that's a good motto there to have. There should be a, a lot, lot of people, people can't. Kuwait that resemble that but to you be know, real, be true and be you. You know that people have tried to be real and to be themselves and they were rejected. But like anything in life, we don't give it enough time. We were talking about this earlier about the podcast. Most podcasts fail. Why? Because they think it's an overnight success. They think they'll see results in a year or two years. When in reality, that is not the case. It's like a lot of these stars, except for like the 0.0001%. A lot of them had to work their asses off to get to where they got with, you know, like Robert De Niro, these guys, they didn't just make it in Hollywood, right? They all started with low budget, you know, crappy movies and sort of worked their way up. I'm on my way up. There you go. You're, you're That's why it's low budget you're, and you're crappy. Be the, you're going to be the Dr. Ruth of Kuwait. That's right. That's right. I told you, you need to hire me to write your scripts. But you're expensive. Each script and topic for like the show. I don't even have Wasta with you or no. what? You don't it's give me a discount? It's going to cost you 300KD per show. That's a discount. You can't write the show. They have to write the show. It has to be approved. <laughs> That's why we have a director. You know what? You're better off ditching them, hiring me and starting your own YouTube channel. They're nice people. Yeah, well. I really enjoy being with them. I can give you better material. Then you, you and I can do our own show. Ah, uh-huh. I fly solo. I only go on podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why you don't go on TV and now you're going to give me all the advice to be on TV when you don't even go on TV. I'm not and gonna t- one episode I asked you, which would have 10 minutes, I would be with you and you didn't go. I'm not a big TV person, though. Yeah, we got issues. Let's get on that well, program. Hold on, wait, whoa, whoa, I want to. I want you to ask I me those questions. I had a surprise questions. for you after this, but we're not going to do it anymore. You're not? No, Just I had because a you're pissed off. Now, now. I'm pissed off. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> life, life doesn't revolve around you. Hey, well, apparently I have a problem because I don't care. All right. <laughs> you know, you do care. Remember, no, I said there's no one that doesn't look, care 100%. I care 100%. about my son's opinion about me. So it's me. not 100%. I care about I don't raising care. him the right way. But do I care going into a social situation? 
No. You didn't hear what I said? I said there is no true 100% I don't care. I did. Because uh, that would minimize your humanity. We do care, but we care at a different percent with different people. At a different level, yeah. I I care about not hurting feelings. So these people that are constantly saying, I don't care, Dr. D. I don't care. I want to live my life. But they do care because everything else around us says that we do care. Well, hold on. All right. We'll go back to another thing. I, you really want to get this? All right, we'll get to it. Don't worry. We're only fifteen minutes in. Like I still have some more points here for this. I'm I, dying to see I the like surprise. Someone, I'll get the surprise. We'll get it rolling. <laughs> Keep the anticipation up. I like a little kid. But no, all no. right, if I really cared, how many times have you seen me unshaped? Right. I don't remember unshaped? I'm always scruffy. Like you are. Yeah, I'm usually scruffy. My boss had to tell me to shave before a meeting with the chairman. <laughs> That's and I was like, fine, I'll do it. That's terrible. That's just. But it's priorities, though. Like, I don't, you don't have prioritize time. yourself. No, I don't. I don't prioritize self-care to me is going to the gym, getting my workout in and making sure I'm mobile and I can move well and I can lift heavy as shit weights. That's my priority. That's really my priority. Now, when it comes to like self-grooming or whatever, I take like three showers a day. But, Thank God. But I, I don't, you don't stink. No, yeah, I don't like to smell. Like, I just <laughs> I don't like smelling my own body odor. You yeah. know? But in general, like when it comes to like going to the the I haven't gone to the barber in like five months. That's terrible. My hair's never been this long. But Why I don't have the time. You have to put up with this. She doesn't care. She might, but whatever. She probably cares, but she doesn't want to tell you. Like the guys make fun of my hair, but I don't care. Yeah, I know. I saw on Instagram. Yeah, so I was I, making fun of you. And head. you know what? I play along with it. They're just jealous that they don't have my beautiful, wavy, straight oh, hair geez. that, you know, flies. I love the way I we don't lift. have answers to people. We just say they're jealous. <laughs> we never take any responsibility ourselves. It's all about someone else being jealous. If they really cared, send a barber to my house to cut my hair. No, if you care about yourself, it's not about being with other people. It's if you care about yourself, you grow. But it's priorities, though. It is a priority. My priority is self care. My priority is work, or sorry, uh, family, work, and shaving. J- gym. G- I know, shaving, right. Gym, podcast, podcast <laughs> right? And then it's like, I don't know, baseball or something like self enjoyment, you know? So like where's self care? Self care is the shower, dude. That's where I get that. <laughs> Look, Jeez. if I could get away with a buzz cut, I would do it. If I could just shave my own head at, at home, I'd probably just do it. Just go bald. I wanted to, but I have an awkward looking head. No, but then the, the other thing is even bald people hats. say it, it takes a lot of time because then you have to shave all the time. Well, well so there we go. That takes you. just as much time as going to the salon. That's true. You like how you I'm, know, hold, I'm you there like must be men that come to the I'm house. Not, I'm not talking about the topic. I see. I see you do. But you know, I was thinking there are, you know, we are, we have a hair uh, dressers that, or whatever you call them. They come to the house. There's a sa- mobile salon for women. I'm sure there's one for men. No, there probably is. But honestly, I can't be bothered. To I mean, you're spend so good on money. Instagramming and doing this. Check and look. Yeah, must but be then, some, then you're paying there must double, be some like, you you're know, paying double the price. And is it really worth it? And for God's sake, I'll pay for it. Just my, 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 it. my barber is like, I've been going to the same barber for almost 20 years now. Oh, jeez! Like he was 20 when I started. <laughs> and now he's like, my, oh, you've seen him get married. He has kids. Oh, he's got like six kids now. Like, I've, oh, my yeah, God. This guy's so you like, have to support the six kids. Yeah. Somehow. And it's like he sees me and he's like, he just shakes his head every time. He gets so pissed. Of course. He was like, you know what? You, I always give you a good haircut and you ruin it. You just let it go. Yeah, exactly. But he's gotten used to it so many years. And it's funny because 
he cut my hair when I was a kid. When I moved back to Kuwait, I went to a barber. They screwed up my hair really bad because I get a fade that goes all the way up until like a buzz cut. And I ran into him almost like, I was like, dude, can you please fix my hair? They messed it up so bad. Like He's, <laughs> he's good. Gives the best fade. That's nice. And they probably massage and steam. That's at the They do a lot salon. of that. No, even men do it. I don't want that shit. No, but that cleans up your pores. I don't for want. God's I don't. Sake. I don't want no guy massaging my head. They massage the head. This the is face. weird. They give you a facial. Men can get these I things get too. Fa- I've always I wanted to get a like facial. I like a man that doesn't take care of himself. I would. Sorry. I've always wanted to get a facial though. Yeah, man. At the salon, he probably will give you a facial. I've gotten my nails done before. Yes. No, seriously. To me, I'm not attracted to rough men. I want a man that I know he took care of himself. Mm-hmm. He should go and get a good shave, good haircut, do a massage. So that way the wrinkles, the pores are cleaned. So all you guys out there, if you if you want to give Dr. D a call, you have to <laughs> you have to be silky smooth. Yeah, that's all right. right. At least be. your nails. Like they can't be dirty for God's sake if you have a dirty job. See, I cut my nails. I keep them Let's short. See, that's good. You know? Do you know where I cut my nails? <laughs> when you're in the car. No. Walking, <laughs> walking outside the office, because I'll take like mini breaks. Just to get my you know, the blood <laughs> circulating in my legs and move her a little bit. So when I'm walking around outside, I'll cut my nails. Well, good. I try to be productive. But there are products we can give you that will give you a facial or all oh, while you're walking. You could also do But what does other. a facial do for you? It opens your pores and it cleans it so up. Can I go take a steamy shower? Especially in this weather that we have. Can I take a steamy shower? No, it doesn't work. It has to be. You have to have I the right creams and Alpine, moisturizers. I use that Alpine Swiss scrub stuff that my wife buys. I don't know It's like that. a weird black scrub and I'm just like, and yeah. Okay. Does that shit work? I don't think so, but whatever. <laughs> You're like, this guy. I have no You're idea. You're like, this guy, this guy is sick. This... He's weird. <laughs> He's got issues. <laughs> I don't know how Far... I end up having all the crazy people, my friends. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? It's all good. This it's is what all... the show's for. Yeah, so you I can guess. psychoanalyze me and help everyone else in the process. No, I'm stuck with you. What can I do? That's true, because you can't fire me. <laughs> I can't fire you. Because hmm. it's funny. Some people say they listen to the show for you, and some people say they listen for me, which is amazing. Who's listening for you? Everybody. They're probably trying to like stroke your ego. <laughs> they, just, they just like hearing the sexy radio voice Ooh, that I have. Is that what it is? They like. I have it. a nice voice too. You do. You have a good radio voice. Yeah, you actually right. really do have a good radio voice. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly. Thank you so much not for a that good, Not a good TV voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a voice. No, no, but yeah. All but right. I'm cured on TV. Yes, you are. You're very uh, photogenic. Yes. You are extremely photogenic. Me too. Good. Let's have a little race. Uh, Let's have. All right. Everybody listening to the show. Okay. (laughs) We want to see who likes who more. We're going to have a judging contest. Yes, I want to. And let's post it on Instagram. Who who do you like more? Are you sure you want to do that? That's fine. You want to do a who do you like more? Mehdi or Dr. D? Yes. I don't know about that. I'm sure you're going to lose. I I don't know. And then I'll post it on my Instagram. Let's do it tomorrow. But that might bruise my ego. You can't post it on your Instagram. Why not? Because those are your fans anyways. Those are and people you're going to post like it on your Instagram. No, I'm going to post it on the project's Instagram. It's the same thing. No, the it's The project not. is you mainly. No, you can they post it. They don't know it. me that much. You can actually post it. You can repost on your Instagram so they go to the project and vote. But the listeners listening to the show <laughs> who maybe not follow us on Instagram, go to the Project Kuwait on Instagram. Okay. And when this episode airs that day, 
I will put a post and okay. you can judge who your favorite is on the Psyched with Dr. D. Fine. Is it the owner of the show, Dr. To D? It. Or is it Mad Dog Maddie <laughs> with the amazing voice? Oh, geez. You are now listening to the best podcast <laughs> in the world. Whatever. What, what was that hell? podcast we were listening to earlier? Please strap in your boots and get ready for the wildest <laughs> ride. It was the weirdest <laughs> intro, weird. dude. It was like it was crunchy weird. metal. Like, da, 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 da. I know. It was so weird. Like, dude, if you're going to start Who a podcast like that, like, all right, have a little music at the beginning, but. It should last literally like three or four seconds and then go go into like, we got another, a new intro coming out, by the way. Good. Our sound guy. Get to your surprise. No, I like holding it ransom. God. Plus, you got to go. I got to go. I know. All right. So the 10 myths about the mind. Are you ready for this? Oh, wow. I'm going to see what you think in comparison to what psychology today has okay. rated what I think. as some of the myths, okay. some of the 10 myths. But right. I'm going to give a little... Uh, oh, no, I found number two. All right. I found number, number two. two. It was printed at the bottom we of the page. We were missing number two, people. I know, but number, <laughs> and number two is actually a good one, too. Uh, let's see. You'll it. enjoy number two. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Birth order. What does Dr. D say? What does psychology today say? Adler says birth order is very important. I think it is. It has, it has made me who I am because I'm the middle child. They never had time for me. So I believe it's true. Well, uh, research out of the United States and the United <laughs> Kingdom and Germany found no significant correlation between what birth order know? and traits such as geniusness, consciousness, so or, uh, ima or imagination too. So whatever. What do they know? I mean, look, at the end of the day, all studies can be set up with parameters of to course. see to I think birth order is very important. I mean, think about it. The first child we become very anxious about and we spend a lot of time with them. And then they become very independent because we depend on them to help us with the rest of the kids. The middle child is always forgotten. And the last one, oh, they're so old, they don't know how to raise him or her. And then they get spoiled. But now some people said that that's not true. But I feel it's true. So I don't know what this myth is about, but whatever. Okay. Next. Number two. Number two. Oh, you're giving up on it. Can I state my argument? Yeah, let go. I don't think it matters at all. <laughs> I, I honestly think everybody's different. Birth order doesn't matter. I agree with you on that. It does matter. No. I say it I, does. I, oh, you say it does? Sorry. I say it doesn't matter. You really don't. But the environment matters. I Something think the must environment, matter. I think the environment matters. I think the environment matters, but I don't think the birth order matters. I think if the environment is structured in a way that cultivates a certain personality, that's going to happen. It's just like... Uh, you don't think that having siblings young. above you and siblings below you matters? What was the dude's matters? name? We took him in class. He had the social contexts where you had the house and then you had the neighborhood and then you had the Maslow? city. No, it wasn't Maslow. It was some other dude. I can't remember the ecological system. Oh, I remember the page too. It was a guy riding a bike and then it had the whole circle -y thing. Shit, I, I'm dying to know what it is right now. Oh, I wonder if it's Heinz. Uh, I don't remember. Who? Hi, who? I don't remember. Heinz. Heinz. I think it was with an H. It was a German dude. Okay. Most good They're psychologists. Came, most good psychologists came They're out of Germany. They all came from German dude. I know, right? So he, I remember, I remember it 
distinctly Haynes, from class. Heinz did the personality, I think. No, it wasn't abnormal. I, I think it might have been abnormal. No, psychology. I meant he did the five personality traits. No, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't five. him. It was a guy. It was one of the things that we took in class where he said, you take like certain characteristics from your household and then you take characteristics from your neighborhood, then your city or town, then the city, then the country, and then the region. So it kind of shells out. And I think that the same thing applies. And I think it applies to the generations too. Like each generation is different. So that's right, true. But I don't think I, I mean, I don't know. Don't I think, think that I, I think I was influenced by the siblings that were above me and the siblings behind me. I probably influenced them. So, or I felt like the energy my parents spent on the older kids were not the same as the younger kids. So, I mean, maybe it's the energy or the environment, maybe not exactly when you were born. I don't know. I guess the era we were born in, if there was a war, not war, trauma, I don't know. Okay. All those play a part. Anyways, number two. Sex addiction. What's the question? What's the That's myth? That's a myth. About? It's a That's, myth. There's no sex addiction? It's a mind myth, yeah. It's, but it, this is called 10 myths about the mind. I know, but addiction in general, it is part of the mind. Are we talking uh, about the brain or the mind? We're talking about the brain. It's, that there's it's, nothing called sex addiction? It says it was taken out of the DSM-5. It was taken Statistical out? Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM-5, yeah, DSM. used to make diagnosis in the United States and World Health Organization, has added compulsive sexual behavior disorder to its diagnostic guide, but stopped short of using the A word, which is addiction. So, yeah, but they, they call it a compulsive sexual behavior. It's stating whether a habit fits into a category of addiction right, can so be judged based on six criteria. Mark Griffiths, a psychologist out of Nottingham yeah. University. And, oh, he's equating it to like the object in question of heroin, gambling, yeah. and pornography. He would say, he's saying pornography or sexual addiction isn't. He's saying sexual addiction is not the same as substance abuse, yeah, addiction, he's saying, yeah. and gaming. Yes, but DSM-5 didn't take it out. They didn't take it out. Is that what you're saying? That's what they're saying. Either. They didn't. They shouldn't. Okay. But they're not calling it sexual addiction. They're not now. calling it sexual addiction. Right. Because on in DSM, there's nothing called. But when they did some research, they noticed that people that were addicted. Oh, not sexual addiction. I'm, I'm thinking of porn addiction. Yeah. But they're talking about sex addiction, like people that want to have more than one partner in the same day. Yeah, they're basically saying because it's not a substance. It's not a substance. It's not a substance. Right. But isn't but then gaming, pornogra wouldn't pornography, pornography would pornography be. Pornography yeah, would be because you're a, it releases you're serotonin. You're a porn addict. Yeah. Yeah, but not, but the, yeah, exactly. But it's not a sex addiction. It's like engaging in a sexual act what with more than one partner. What about nymphomaniacs? Then they're nymphomaniac. They're not sexual addiction. Yeah, but isn't a nymphomaniac like addicted to sex anyways? But I think nympho is not there anymore. I have to check again. I don't All know. Right. Well, sexuality is not really my major. Okay. Oh, well, my forte. This okay. should be now. More and more people are addicted to something. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. You're in the wrong business. Nowadays. I am in You're the wrong business. I think I'm going to go get a new class. All right. Left brain and right brain. Basically, they're saying in this that it doesn't matter. It that doesn't. It's, it's bullshit. Like left brain, right brain, creativity, all that, that it's BS. I mean, in a way, I think maybe it is BS. And, but you know, I've, I've seen some people, but I, you know, maybe you're right. No, I don't think it makes a difference. But I think there are people that would say to you, no, I'm a left brainer because I am an artist. 
I know how to, I'm more verbal. Yeah. So I wonder if these are skills that you honed in and became better. Exactly. Not that your brain yeah. told you. Yep. Ah, I yeah. see. No, I, and I could agree with that because at the end of the day, we don't know shit about the mind. Yes. Yeah, we true. really don't know anything about the brain. So the I think mind, it's a myth. It I don't think it's true that people uh, learning styles. And this leads into what you just said, too. Yeah. So learning styles, it's a skill you learn how to learn. But it's, it should not, it's not like where your brain should be. There's no section in your brain that teaches you how to learn. Yeah. Is that what and you're that's, saying? Yeah, that's what this article is basically saying. So there that, are people saying that there is? No, no, that tailoring education to visual learners or audi auditorial learners uh. doesn't make sense, which I agree with. I think everyone is different and it's just how you trained yourself to learn. That's true. You know, like personally me, I learn through the person in front of me. Like right. if you're a shitty teacher, I'm not learning it. I get a bad test result. It's probably why I did bad on all of your tests. Because you don't... Uh, I'm joking. It was a you, joke. You did a good... It was Wait, a joke. No, I was just it, was, thinking. it was a joke. I said I did bad on your test uh -huh. because you were a bad teacher. Joking. <laughs> but you're not. You're Whatever. Great, I'm you're trying a great to dismiss teacher. you. No, but you know what I was trying to... Yeah, that's, no, not, that that's not nice. Don't dismiss <laughs> me. I'll cut you off every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never dismiss you. I uh, No, you know, when you were saying that, I was thinking that nowadays... Because most of these young kids are all learning through their iPad. So they're becoming a lot more visual. So from the beginning, when they're small, right? You see these kids a lot, like on in the restaurant or everywhere, where they're just walking around with their iPad. They're in the car. They're watching. I wonder if the new learners are all becoming much more visual. So now we're thinking that people are visual learners when really they've learned to learn by watching. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Because yeah. I've noticed this new generation now, most all of them, they don't write or read anything by hand. Everything is seen and heard. So I think that would make a difference, right? Yeah, no, it definitely makes so a difference. So it is the style that you've learned, not that you are um, a visual learner or a auditory learner. You ready for this one? Mm. Multiple intelligence. Interpersonal intelligence, musical rhythm. They're saying it doesn't exist. I they're agree. saying that you can't. That you can have more than one intelligence. To, no, you can't. Yeah. And you can't equate it to the IQ test because the IQ test is set up to measure uh, certain uh, parameters. Verbal and, yeah. yeah. This one is saying what this is saying that you basically you can cultivate the skill and right. breed off of it. Right. That's true. Which I would agree with. It's true. Yeah. So, but they don't want us to call it multiple intelligence it's multiple skills yes you have no, no they're just saying it, it doesn't exist to say that you have multiple intelligence like you're because you can only have intelligence verbal and performance yeah because that's they, how we do with iq yeah they're basically saying that your iq test doesn't determine if you are able to create art or able to create music or able to create something of a higher intelligence. You could have a low IQ test or but you can still average be a great IQ performer, test, but a great performer. Exactly. Yeah, which is true. I agree with that because there are people that you, know, you test and their IQ is low, but then they end up being really great at guitar or some sort of performance or drama or creativity. It's there. So maybe it's true. Yeah, I agree. Because remember, IQ is an overall estimate of your function. So let's say in their verbal, they didn't get a high score, but there was a category in there like information. They were very good at it. Or vocabulary, they were really good at it. So the idea is, is that we calculate the total of the verbal section, but that verbal section has a lot of subtests. 
So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that's what Gardner says. Yeah, that's what same, Gardner, he, Gardner says. Gardner just said the same exact thing. Exactly. So yeah, Gardner's the man. Oh, I like this one because we just had an episode on it. And not us. Well, the other, yeah, the Project Quake just had an episode with uh, Coach Paul Raddick. Okay. And he came out and said this plain as day. The 10 hours of practice, the 10,000 hour rule. 10,000 hour of rule. That's a myth. That it's a myth. It's bullshit. That we don't need to practice 10,000? Nope. Pra- no, it doesn't matter. Like you can practice 10,000. You're not going to be the best. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There but, are people that don't practice as much and they're very good. Is and, that what you're saying? Yeah, no, that's... Like a, practice anything? No, no, yeah. Like, the, you know how they say if you do 10,000 hours of practice, <laughs> you're going to be an expert? That's bullshit. Yeah, it's not true. Like, like 10,000 hours of playing piano? Yeah. And it doesn't bullshit. do you anything. That's bullshit. Yeah. You're, that's not going to make you live friggin' whoever... What's what's the piano oh, famous? Mozart. Yanni? Yeah, Yanni. 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 It's not going to make you know Yanni. And that's what Paul said. Because everybody thinks, do you think these people, they've practiced forever and ever. That's how they got to the level that they are. No. You're saying it's not true at all. No. There are people who haven't practiced, but they've got the skill. Because genetically, they might be predisposed to that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So and there's some people that have art and fine arts and music as a gene. So these people already are able to cultivate that gene. It's the genetic lottery. Like you just have it. You just have it or don't have it. So, but there are people that don't have the musical side of them, but then they can become musical. But they, those people have to practice. You can learn it, but you're never going to be like a Led Zeppelin. I mean, let's be realistic. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, what Paul said, and I quote, is he said, we only tell ourselves about the 10,000 hour rule to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, that's it. true. You know, we believe. And to motivate us to practice. Yeah, like you can get good. You can be good. Right. But you'll never be a superstar by practicing 10,000 hours. Yeah. If I equate all of the CrossFit I've done in the last year, it's well over 10,000 hours. And there's. Are you good at it? I'm good, but I'm not like at the pro level. I'm nowhere near that. Wow. Okay. Like I'm nowhere near the pro level. Like my coach. He dances circles around. So how do you uh, so how do you get to become a pro at it? Well, by ha- practicing some more. Yeah, but you have the genetic component. Like some people, their fast twitch muscle fibers click faster. You know, there's okay. just it's just built genetics. Like LeBron James, and you know, Paul again brought this up. He's like, LeBron James has a brother. Mm. He just didn't win the genetic lottery. Looks exactly like LeBron, same height, everything, but just sucks at basketball. So you can see that genes are becoming more and more important in the development of our personality. Oh, yeah. Our skills, our intelligence. 100%. Yes. 100%. I totally okay, believe so that. Okay, I agree. Gen- okay. So, yeah, 10,000 hours, bullshit. 10,000 hours, bullshit. Ooh, you're going to disagree with this one. I'm sure. The depression gene. That's true. There's no depression gene? It's not what Psychology Today is saying. Well, I don't know where they got their information. They were just recently in a, a research that said that it's not the depression gene, but there are certain genes that are more prone to having mental illnesses. What are they saying? Read word by word. Because I uh, want to know this. The likelihood that one will experience anxiety, an episode of major depression on an autism spectrum, diagnosis is to some degree directed by genetics. 
you have a much higher risk of having depression if you have a sibling or parent with depression. Yes. And the same is true for schizophrenia and basically That's... psychiatric conditions. Yes. Says Kevin Mitchell. Okay. A neurogenetics at Trinity College, Dublin. At least the 1990s research in psychiatry have searched for specific genes that have a major influence on a person's risk for mental disorders. But scientists have failed to turn up reliable evidence. Okay. So they've failed to turn up reliable evidence that any single common genetic uh, variant matters, which when it comes to mental illness earlier this year, a research team reported that none of the 18 candidate genes for major depression genes that passed the studies had suggested they might have any meaningful correlation. Yeah, but you can have a gene for mental illness, but it's not a gene for depression. But you probably are much more likely to have depression if your parents, one of your parents had depression or both. I mean... I mean, we also know that schizophrenia is genetic because we've done the twin research and you have 47% rate of if one twin has the their schizophrenia, the other one would. So I we mean, know this stuff. This goes into a lot of studies about genes and disproving studies. Now, at the end of the day, you can look at any study and disprove it from an argumentative perspective. Like this is an article at the end of the day. It's not a study. What we're reading is an article. So it's based off of the opinion of the writer of the article and what research they have done. Now, would I agree? No, I think there is a genetic component. I definitely think there's a genetic component to it. I mean, definitely, but there's also an environmental. For example, think about if you're a kid and you're raised by a depressed mom, there's a possibility that you can also learn to be depressed from the affect of that mom. And there are research that says that. So sometimes we don't, you have a, a good chance of becoming depressed if you're raised by a depressed mom or dad because of the behavior that they've exhibited raising you. At the same time, if they are depressed and you have the gene, then you are more at risk of becoming depressed than someone else. So they're, nowadays they're not sure, is it environment or is it genetic? But we know that genes play a big part. Yeah, that's... I think. You think, you know. Which is true. Well, it applies to fitness and everything, like even with doctors. <laughs> they said frigging cholesterol kills you. Now they're <laughs> saying cholesterol doesn't. They said fat kills you and sugar was okay, so... They're saying cholesterol doesn't kill me anymore? No, there's good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. I know, but they say the bad cholesterol kills you, right? Well, I don't know. There's some arguments that say yes, no, and do we need it? Some people say we do need it for our body. I don't know. At the end of the day, we don't know shit about the human body. Like, (laughs) let's be realistic. But at the end of the day, do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, look, doctors know. What the hell? Doctors know. We only know so much. I think we only know the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. on the human body. But in reality, there's so much we're just learning about. If we knew it all, we would learn like reverse aging. I think that would be. Oh, now I would want to know that. I would want to know that, but I don't think we're anywhere near it because we just don't, we can't comprehend it. Of course, because, you know, to study the brain, the person has to be dead before we can study it. And by then we can't study the brain anyways. All right. The next one, the five stages of grief. It's wrong. Not wrong. I know there are five stages. Cobra Ross would die if she finds out this is not true. 
Well, in I reality. Mean, but one thing I disagree with, which now more and more people back in the days, you know, they used to say that the stages came one by one, right? That you have to go through the first one before you go to the second one, the third one. Now the research is saying, I don't know what this one is saying, but the new research is saying that sometimes we can go back and forth. Sometimes we can skip some. Most of the time, people are either living in the anger stage or the bargaining stage. That's basically what this is saying. Oh, good. I have good information. That's basically what they're saying. So there is stages, except that we don't have to go through all of them. It's not clear. They're saying the stages aren't clear, that you can go through them. You can bypass some of them. You can go back and forth. That's right. And it's saying that it's not set in stone. And it's like... Some people could be more susceptible to it. Yes. Some people aren't as susceptible. And, and it depends on your relationship with the person exactly. who's diagnosed or dead. Some people that they're a little sad, but then they're okay. The life moves on. You know what? I know a couple of people recently, they've lost somebody important to them. And I see them and they're like, life goes on, Juliet. What can you do? So are they in denial? No. They've accepted it. They moved through and accepted because this is the way and it is. And that's what it's saying. Studies have shown. Yeah. That's what studies have shown that most people Everyone have deals through. with it differently. Yeah, they're, they'd be really upset for a certain amount of time and then they would kind of bounce out of it. Yes, and I also think that it has depends on the attachment issues you had with that person. So if you're very attached to that person, they're moving from one stage to the other and might take longer. Yep. But if you weren't attached to that person, especially if they were sick... You have already come in term with their terminal illness, then it's a different story. See this? I have, I have no idea about attachment styles. Attachment Early styles, Early interaction yes. with parents do not critically determine how people relate to others when they grow. I don't agree with attachment styles. You don't? Why? No. They don't agree with it either. Because I feel like just the way I interacted with my parents doesn't really determine that I was attached or not attached. It's basically what they're saying in this article. They're, they're just saying it's a theory. Like there's been nothing proven about attachment styles. There's nothing. But then, you know, you read all these things that talks about secure attachment, no attachment, negative attachment. Don't you remember when we were talking about in psychology and then they're like, when a kid is dropped at daycare, if they cry a little bit and then they go on, they have a positive attachment. Yeah. If they continue to cry and cry and cry and they wait for their parent and then when the parent comes, they don't even accept their return. Something like that. So this is all BS. That's what they're. That's basically what they're saying here. So the uh, you don't create any sense of bond. It's, so it's a bond, not an attachment. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? I agree with bond. Like we create There's, bonds. They're basically saying like, there's a difference between childhood attachment and later adulthood attachment. Right. And that it changes and varies based off, off of the people. And there's no direct study that can indicate that if one you had, thing or another. Oh, and there's no direct research that says if you've developed attachment as a child, like a negative attachment or no attachment, that doesn't have any influence on the relationship you would have later on as an adult. Or it's a behavior created by the parent, too. Or that's a behavior created yeah, by the parents. because some parents will create, that was in here too, that some parents could create that behavior so that the child stays more in tune with them or more like... Close to them. Close to them, yeah. So the parents have an attachment Pretty problem. Much. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so they don't they're, want just, their they're kids. just sick in the head. But I mean... But this is so interesting. It is. And one thing I like about it is like they've, in this, it's, you know, 10, 10 myths about the mind. I like it because it's an article and it brings out these studies. And to me, at the end of the day, and this is what I love about articles, they're opinion pieces, mm -hmm. right? 
and it's just we don't know shit. We really don't. Like everything changes. Like you could think the abnormal psychology book is right mm. today. And in three weeks, someone could come out with these new theories that have been tested through research and, you know, prove otherwise. Yeah. And sometimes like that's kind of like scary because then you don't have any sort of like foundation. But really, actually, all the theories from the beginning, that is a foundation. But because we're continuing to learn human behavior, that we have to remember nothing is black and white. Yeah. So we have a base and then that base can change in accordance to the era that we're living in. I know I'm a psychologist and I know I'm supposed to like appreciate a lot of these theories. But to be honest, a lot of times I hate when we try to box a human behavior in certain ways. I mean, even in graduate school, like a lot of times my teachers would, I'll drive them crazy, my professors, because I'm like, well, who says that? And why is it that I have to be like that? And, and I do agree with disorders and I know that we diagnose and I agree with symptoms. But as far as like when people say, well, if you didn't have a nice relationship with your father, you won't have good relationship with men. Like who says that? There must be other people that didn't really have a good relationship with men, like women who are raised with a single mom, right? But then it doesn't determine that she's not going to be able to find an attachment with a man, even though she's never had a man as a role model and that she will not have successful marriages. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. While there are people that are raised by both parents, regardless if they were a healthy relationship or not, and then she engages, she gets in promiscuous relationships. She doesn't, is not stable in her romantic relationship and she doesn't end up having a healthy marriage. Yeah. So a lot of times I feel like not to dismiss it. I think it's important that we have these theories. And I think that they 100%, help yeah. us. It's a, guide. It's, it's, it it's, it's, a it's, guide. it's a guide. It's and, like. But I hate when there are people out there that kind of like they put you in this box, you know. Yeah. Well, research says this, so you must be this. Or you're feeling like we were talking about grief. Yeah. It's so interesting because it's like there are people out there. It's like, oh, no. But, you know, if like, you know, if you say, what can I do? This is life. Then they automatically, some psychologists would have said to my friends who both too, one last month and one two months ago lost their father, right? And when I saw them, I'm like, well, how are you doing? And Juliet, life goes on. They were like having gathering and they were out and no problem. And then I was like, other people would have read this as denial. I think the 10% that they were talking about that don't get over grief in this article are the 10% that might lose a child. I think that now because there's that a, would for destroy, parents there's a survival skill. I wouldn't even want to think of that. Like, yeah, I, would, I don't even want to think. But that. can you survive it? Of course. Now we're not talking about that. You will not be able to survive now, but you are you able to survive it later? Yes, because there are parents who have lost a child, and they have the survival skill, but they still. There are some people never moved on from that stage of anger. Yeah. Right. And they didn't even go through the other Cobra Ross stages <laughs> and stayed at angry for a long time until they die. And there are other people, even though they were attached to their kid and they loved their child, still were able to manage to tap into their psychological immune system and do something they were able to do something with that anger, something positive for their child. Yeah. So I was wondered, like, why are some people unable to move on from someone that, you know, like a parent, how do they move on? Some people move on, not quickly, but they move on in their own way when their child dies and other people don't, for example. 
Yeah. So does it have something to do with their attachment in their parent? Is it that they feel guilty because they don't feel Maybe. like they are deserving of to survive when their child died? I don't know. It's not something like I'd, I'd want to think about, to be honest with you. No, I know. That's one, I thing don't I, that's one thing I never want to think about. It's like we were talking the other day, me and a doctor, and he was telling me, I was like, dude, like it must be really hard. He's like the hardest thing that I have to deal with that I've ever had to deal with was telling a parent their child wasn't going to make it. He said, I can deal with anything, any shit you throw at me. But that is the one thing that he's like, I'm a dad. You know, he's like, I'm a father. So it's like, I'm telling them while crying. He's like, it's that hard. And like, I get it. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I was a crisis worker for a long time. I love doing crisis. And then, of course, you know, whenever there's a death, they call the psychologist or the whatever. We were the ones in You were the whatevers. We were the whatevers. You were the whatevers. The one in training. You know, they call you. Can you please come? We need this family is lost. Code blue, code blue. And, And it was like, you know, when you're talking about a father, a husband, whatever. Yeah. Not that everything was easy, but. To really tell someone of a child, it was it was even harder for me to explain it to them because then they want to know why and what happened. I don't have the answer. Yeah. Like I told you, ever since my brother died, I'm like I don't like doing grief. I know a lot about it, so I don't like talking yeah, about grief. Yeah, stay away from it. And That's actually, I just did an episode about grief, and I said that I've lost my brother. Yeah, and that oh, don't you remember when you first started at UK? That kid died. Yeah, remember I remember that. Name? No, I remember that. Do you remember that. when yeah. we had a little ceremony? Not ceremony. What were we? Uh, condolences. We had it at the university. Yeah, you broke down. I remember. Like, I remember it like it was yesterday because you were like sobbing. You broke down. I couldn't believe it. I don't... But did you see the parents? I felt so bad for them because I remember my parents. Yeah. And I, I remember how my parents' life was never the same. I think I looked at the parents. I left. I mean, I my stayed... parents stayed angry for a long time. I don't think they've ever finished the Kobla. My dad died. Yeah. You know, I mean, all, four years ago, but still, like, I feel like my dad was managing. But I think my mom, she stayed angry for 20 years. I think moms and I'm angry at her for being to, angry. But I think moms hold on to it more than dads. Like my well, maybe because they're I don't know. My dad deals with it in his own way, but he's a lot easier than mm-hmm. my mother, and he's kind of not moved past it. I would say, but accepted it. Yeah, but how long did it take your mom to accept it? My mom still hasn't accepted it. Yeah, same. my mom is. Her life's been on hold since my brother died. Like, Doesn't that make you angry? Because my mother, the same thing. She made all our lives on hold because she couldn't accept it. Like, it's not like I was happy about it. We were all in pain. Yeah. But somehow, because she was in pain, she put a stop to our life. It depends on the person, though. I mean, I think it just depends on the parent. Like, some parents are like, hey, well, yes, it sucks. Yes, all this, but I got three other children or two other children that I have to worry about, you know? So some parents do think that way, yeah. but others, I think they're just kind of more self-absorbed into their own grief. Yeah. I think they were more selfish. Yeah. No, I'd agree. No, I'd agree I with mean, that hundred percent. Definitely. I mean, it's all about the way she processed the grief. She I actually didn't. had, I had a really tough moment the other day. <gasps> it was a really tough moment. What happened? And this is part of me that I tend to bury and forget mm. and dj was with me so it was even that much harder i opened up my old baseball card bag like i have a little carry-on suitcase that i've had for like 20 years mm. and it has all my baseball cards in there and i had forgotten that i had three of my brother's shirts in there oh. 
So as DJ was like sitting on the bed and like, I'm tearing up right now, just talking about it. He's sitting on the bed and he's like, daddy, what is this? Why do you have these clothes in here, daddy, with these cards? And I was like, oh, you know, these were your uncle DJs. And like real quick, I just took the shirt, took a whiff of it. You know, to to smell it, you know, I don't know if his scent's still there, but it's just that, you know, that feeling overwhelmed with emotion, Mm. but so happy and grateful for everything that I've built after my brother's death. And so grateful that my son was right there. Yeah. And then I expressed that emotion in front of him. And then I told him what it was about. I granted he had no clue. Like he's five. So he's like, what is this dude talking about? Yeah. But I was like, look, this was your uncle DJ's, you know, shirt. Does he he say, oh, he has the same name as me? Or he knows his name? No, he goes quiet about it. It's weird. Does he not recognize that they both have the same name? He does. I just don't think he kind of gets it. He like, I don't think he understands that what death is. Or when someone's gone, you know what I mean? Even adults don't understand. Like even when we were, my dad gave me a bunch of like, gave me a bunch of pictures, you know, that, that plastic bags, my dad giving me pictures of like my childhood and everything. Oh, he decided to give it to you now? It's the weirdest thing. Like, yeah, I know. Right. What's he cleaning up the attic? No, he's printing out all of his pictures. Like he likes putting pictures up on the wall. Wow. So, so he, he gave it to you for what? For the new apartment or the so new house. So you can put some more pictures up. So we can put more pictures but up. But he's got some he put up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has pictures everywhere. Oh, okay. And it's like, it was really cute. Yeah. I walked in. He's like, yeah. He's like, I blew days. My son DJs up. He's like, I blew his picture up. Look, I put it right underneath the light. So it shines down. I was like, oh, that's, Aww, cute. that's cute. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, he gave me pictures and I was showing DJ. I was like, oh, DJ, this is your uncle a day. And DJ kind of looks and my dad goes, he's in. And I'm like, and for those of you, the English listeners, he's like, yeah, give him a complex from now. And I'm like, I'm like but this is something I want him to know growing up that daddy had a brother. But, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's important to me. But yeah. No, I do the same thing. And whenever we're back in Chicago, we go to the grave. They see my brother's grave. My father's grave is right next yeah. to it. But because also my mom, every time she goes, she, I mean, she still visits the grave. And unfortunately, it's like two minutes from our house. I don't know when she's going to move. But anyways, it's like every Sunday after church, then she goes to and she and we do incense, yeah. uh, you know, the Bukhor thing. And then she's like, so whenever we're there, they will go because they know. So there's my brother's picture is on the grave. So they go and they know that this is Uncle Sam. And, and they'll, they every summer, they, they now every summer they ask mom, when are we going to go see the Uncle Sam's grave yeah. and grandpa? But they are very fascinated that's with amazing, Uncle Sam. You show them importance to yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And they, so they know. And so, I mean, of course, like, of course, my son 15, he understands it. But my 10 year old, she's like, where is he exactly? Then you don't know what to say. And then yeah. you're like, well, he's with God and. You know, get on to all this conversation. So, but I know that my mom always has a hard time talking about it. And I feel like, I don't know when she's ever going to get to the idea where she can at least talk to her grandkids about it. But. Well, that generation, they'll never get there. I mean, if if your mom's anything like my mom, it just ain't happening. I know, but I feel like like it's very selfish. Like they've never gone through the stage. They're stuck at one stage, which is fine. You've been, you want to be yeah, stuck but, there. I mean, look, honestly, why allow everyone else to be that stuck? Ship in that sailed. Stage? With my mother, that ship sailed. Like, like my I mom just, was doing bargaining, which is the third stage all the time. Maybe I should have been this. Maybe I should have gone to church more. I mean, like they goes on and on trying to bargain and which is normal. Yeah. But then it goes on for years. It's not normal. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, we, we can't do anything about it, but you could have done. And then I know families that are like, 
let's say their loved one just got diagnosed of cancer, then they're like spending, they'll go into bargaining right away. First they deny it, then they skip the anger. Then they're bargaining with God, like maybe I could do this, maybe I can give more money to charity, maybe this. And all this because we're trying to buy time, right? Yeah. And it's sad, but what can you do, you know? No, exactly. I mean, So I think these stages do exist, but I don't think that they have to exist in the way it is like before. And when I was in school, they're like, no, first you deny, then you become angry. And they never like taught us like, okay, I get angry. And then, because then if you go into acceptance right away, then you think there's something wrong with you. To this day, people are like that. So like my friends are like, yeah, life goes on. We love it. It has no, no, no barrier to how much you love the the person. No, but that's the thing. I think there's enough research to support. I think there's enough research to support that everybody's different. And not one rule of thumb applies to all. And and that's... That's true. And even like, you know, the left hemisphere, right hemisphere brain. I mean, there are people that are like good in both skills. There are people one skill, not the other. And it's like, it's nice to now know if these are very factual, is that no longer do we have to say, oh, you're the left brain. Like we don't need to label people. You're intelligent, you're intelligent. Yeah. Doesn't matter which part of the brain is expediting the intelligence. No, exactly. And if you're a neurologist listening to the show and you disagree with us, please, by all means, shoot oh, yeah. us a DM and you are more than welcome to come, to come on the here. show and prove us wrong. Seriously. Because I honestly think like they use what's called the brain scan, the neuro... Uh, they used it in marketing, where it's like when your brain lights up when you get certain thoughts and whatever. Yeah, neuroimaging? No. Let me see. Yeah, I know what uh, you're talking about. My yeah, yeah. But I honestly think that even with that, we don't know that much. Like, we know a grain of I mean, salt. I there's the imaging of the in, brain. Uh, we know it, a yeah. grain of salt in a truck full of salt, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know that much. But then the more we learn, the more, like, for example, knowing, like, where's the, the with schizophrenia, for example, where's the decay? Where's the gray matter, right? The, yeah. Because they're determining, you know, now with people that are susceptible to schizophrenia or, or have, I mean, we don't really have all the research of saying what does the brain would look like before you have schizophrenia. Yeah, yep. But we know that when people have schizophrenia and when we've seen the images of their brain, we know that there's gray matter in certain area that it doesn't exist in this vertical, you know, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is, is that I'm sure that there are more and more research that's going to happen where maybe they can detect schizophrenia prior to the person having the symptoms. That but, would be, yeah. Yeah, pre-detection you know, would be good. Pre-detection. And then I know a lot of people, like sometimes a lot of people ask me, is there a genetic test we can do to see if we have certain susceptibility to certain things? And I say, yes, of course, there's genetic tests you can do. But again, this is not 100%. And the geneticist, he tells you this is not 100%. Say that like 10 times fast. Yeah, really. I think that when, you know, a lot of times people are trying to do their best to weed out as much abnormality as we can. Can't do it. But we can't play God. You can't. It's it's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Because I also know people have done the test and realized what genes they have and what DNA and still have abnormality. Uh, even though the gene says they had no problem. And then I know people that say you're a carrier of certain things and you are susceptible to certain things. And Let then me they guess, have a normal a, child. No, do you want to laugh? Mm. I saw an ad by a clinic here in Kuwait that said, we can help you predetermine the sex of your child 
come see us and you will have a 50% chance of having a boy over a girl or a 50%. Well, you're gonna have 50%. Or 50 I know, I know. And I'm like, are you an idiot? But do you know how many idiots probably bought into that ad? Because they didn't understand the they 50%. They didn't get the 50%. That's right. Like, they didn't understand you, idiot. You have a 50 50 shot, anyways. But do you know what kills me is that I actually have had clients who says, because, you know, they've had boys and they want a girl or they've had all these girls and they need a boy and especially like we need to, to talk about it in one of our topic where this there's a push in this culture to to have boys yep and so the idea is, is that apparently there are like ways and methods that you can really do to determine the child's sex yeah for all the ladies out there you know stand on your head and just <laughs> and then for all the guys as my great-grandmother told me pee on your wife's back <laughs> did she really? She did, yeah. And that brings you a boy? No, not a boy. My great my great grandmother, God rest her soul. So I I loved her. I was so close to her too. Um she as she was getting older, she kind of let loose a little bit more. <laughs> so there was one point in time where I just got married. It was like three months later. She goes, Mehdi's hey pregnant yet? I'm like, no. She goes, what, are you not a man? Are you gay? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> she was like, does it not work for you? Talk to your father. He'll, he'll teach you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then like a few weeks later, is she pregnant yet? No, she's not. And then she says, come here, come here. She calls me over. And like, she's, she's like 90 at this point. She goes, look, when she's in the shower, just pee on her back. That will bring you a child. And I'm like, okay. So I look at my aunt. I go, Auntie, she just told me to pee on my wife's back. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And it worked. You have DJ. <laughs> I know. I, I must have peed on Hayes back a million times. <laughs> so interesting. How I they didn't think... pee on my wife's back, <laughs> just so we're clear. All right. But the funny thing is, is that they do you, assume... do you know there's a thing for that, too? They call, just... they call it a golden shower. Really? Is that what it is? I'm going to teach you all the new shit well, that I'm Well, I didn't know. Yeah. A golden shower? Yeah, it's means like that it's a peeing? sexual act. You pee on your partner. It's a sexual act, okay, but is it really getting her to be pregnant? I don't know where you. No, no, it doesn't your grandma. Her, no, wow. my great grandmother. Your great grandma knows all this stuff. No, she didn't know golden shower. They used it as pee on her so she gets pregnant. Like maybe it's not, but she's telling you to get pregnant. No, she told me to pee on her back. No, what I'm saying is that she, it probably was a sexual act. I don't know. She I don't think your great grandma's going to tell you that. She told me to pee on her back so she gets pregnant. Well, you must have been in the shower. I so don't you think can my great grandmother was saying, I don't think my great grandmother was saying, yo, give your wife a golden shower. She'll enjoy it. Like, I highly doubt She that. probably didn't know the, the, the terminology, but you know, back in the days, if they're taking a shower together, he had peed on her back and then she gets pregnant. Dr. They D, think. I don't know what you do. All right, Dr. D, I I don't know what you do in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a spare time. I am learning all these terminologies from you. I know. I'm like, Ma, at this age. I'm telling you, our list, I, I the listeners these, like, like me more. <laughs> I don't think so. I think so. I think. Remember, we're going to get a vote and I'll win. But if I win, what do I get? I'll do TV. I'll do. You'll do TV. Do, no, I will do project TV. Well, we set the project. No, what do you we'll, mean project we'll do TV? we'll do a segment every two weeks. All right, okay, and yeah. Like, like, like how what, how is that? How is that anything for me? We'll do a segment on the projects every two weeks. No, you go on a real TV Hell and no. you talk about the project. How much are they going to pay me? They don't need to pay you. It's an advertisement. I don't need their advertising. It's to bring awareness about the project. I don't need any awareness. Whatever. 
I like slow growth. No, no. You have to do something if I win. So can't what, be like well, this. What you, I told you, I will do filming with you for the project. I already do filming. I don't need to do yeah, filming. Yeah, but for the project. You haven't done filming with me. I know, because you haven't invited me. But I'm awesome at it. How do you like know? Like that little, that little ad we did, like last week. Dude, that was pretty How good. How did that go? A lot of people liked it. They liked the realness of it. Really? Yeah, they thought it was really good. Have you have you sponsored it? I sponsored it, but it, besides that, the people I have asked, they were like, yeah, it was pretty cool. It kept me engaged. It was good, actually. What? I liked it. That's because I told you I'm a I genius writer. I it. You look good. I'm a genius writer. You didn't write anything. You just created it. I know. Exactly. I created it. Out on of the your spot. ass. Exactly. And I love the way you like expect me to just go along. Okay. I think everyone is in my mind <laughs> so yeah, they can read things. I love the way you put me on the spot. Like, okay, I'm glad I can, like, I, I'm I very good at spontaneity. It's funny, after the first shoot, you're like, I didn't know what you were doing. You gotta tell me, what are we doing <laughs> what are here? We doing? No, I know. It's like, yeah. But oh, my God. I think everyone could read my mind. And Hay always says this. She goes, Mehdi, I'm not a fucking mind reader. You need to tell me what you're thinking. Exactly. So. Like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, I don't know what we're doing. Okay. It's good that I'm flexible. Yeah, but... Before we end the show, this might be our last show in the studio. Oh. The next one will be in the new apartment. Yes, you're moving. Yep. How do you know? This is next week? Yeah, 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 next week. Oh, the next time. I got some pretty cool surprises for the you new do? studio. It's going to be pretty much the same blue and black. I think I'm going to Oh, we can't add... do anything else besides blue and black? No, I like the blue and black. Well, what about what I like? It doesn't matter. It's my house. It's my signature. It's our studio. Well, all right, we'll put a couple pictures up. Okay. Of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm going to put some sports. You really have issues. I'll give you a quarter of a wall to put some, like, famous psychologist <laughs> pictures. Can up we have something. a Freud picture, please? All right, I'll do a Freud picture. I mean, he's, like, my favorite man. Freud picture's on you. When you get the Freud picture, I'll put it up. Oh, yeah, I have a nice one. That's because that's yeah, I good. know I'm not going to order a Freud picture. No, I'm going to get like Red Sox on one wall. I'm going to have a Muhammad I mean, Ali you, on another but wall. Wait, hold on a minute. The, the Project Kuwait has many factors. They have nutrition, wellness, and psychology. Yeah. Well, so you need to have pictures of all three. The representation of all three. But it's going to be. This is not about you. It's, this is <laughs> a studio for the Project Kuwait. It's going to be a coolness studio. No, no. You want to do socks and you want to do caps and all this. Do it in your bedroom. No, Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. I know Red Sox. Baseball Sox. team. Of course I you know You have the that. Chicago White Sox. Of course. I'm saying this project has nothing to do with baseball. Do you know the ambassador? The ambassadors, um, the lady that contacted us when the ambassador came on the show, yeah. they wanted to do the show in the same room that had the hats hanging on the wall. Right, but no longer we will have that because this I'm is the, the project. Back up. No, no, this is the Project Kuwait podcast. Yeah, I like Again, the hats. You the hats are a good touch. Fine, but nothing else for you. <laughs> All right. Everything has to be about the project. Okay. You promise. I'm going to have... If I win, this is how we're going to do it. Oh, hell no. You get a quarter of a wall if you win. Get some psychology stuff on there. Like what? Freud pictures? Yes. Okay. I'll agree with a Freud picture. Or a brain picture. Or like Can we have a What About Bob picture? That was the best psychology movie ever made. Yeah, we could do that. Do you ever watch What About Bob? Yeah, of course. That was a great movie. It's been a while, though. I think I'm going to oh watch God. it. I'm going to watch it next weekend. Maybe I should rewatch it. It's a good movie. You should have your class watch it too. I thought I, no, I did. I think one of the projects was to watch it. It was uh, OCD, right? 
I don't remember. It's been no, a long he, time. No, he had anxiety. I guess OCD. Is yeah, anxiety. it was OCD. He wouldn't leave his house. He wanted everything particularly clean. And and then he had rituals. Yeah, he yeah. had rituals. I think it was OCD. I don't know. I got to watch the movie again. But Not claustrophobic? No, no. It wasn't claustrophobia, no. I can't remember. I have to watch it again. But it was a good movie. Funny as hell. I love Bill Murray. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, I like the 10 myths, though. You really, the 10 myths was a yeah, good one. Yeah. See? That was a good thing. Told you. You got to pay me. Pay me to write this shit Whatever. for you. Your shows will be like number one. Whatever. Numero uno. My shows tell, are going to be number one because of me. You could tell the TV people. They can get in touch <laughs> with me through the Project Kuwait. 3,000 KD. No, I'll go to 300 because they're cheap anyway. Oh, 300. But 300 will get them about. You know what they'll say to me? What? Sure, doc. Just let her. You pay him. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> they probably will. You Their can be like, budget is and that, that, only, that, only will, that will only cover 10 minutes of my creativity. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, dude, I'm expensive. Khalas, we that's will do our own tra- show. That's why I don't train people either. Let's do our own show and then we don't have to worry about it. And then it would be in competition my other show. Ooh, Ooh. I think we would beat it. Yeah, I think we would, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool. Okay. Let's see. Dr. D's like, Talk all is right, cheap, right. man. Hey, dude. Like, look. <laughs> I'm the freaking man, all right? I see that. Yeah. Freaking man. That's to discuss <laughs> later. On that note, <laughs> and me dealing with my insecurities, we'll talk about that in another <laughs> yeah, show. Because really. most people that do say that shit are very insecure. That's right. Right? Exactly. Right? I hate that people overconfidence like that. doesn't work. It really doesn't. We're doing a show on confidence, by we the way. We have to do one. And intimidation. And give tips on how to be confident the right way, yeah. not Mahdi way. No, you know what? I've had someone in an interview say to me after the interview, she's like, I wasn't sure I wanted to hire you because you dance that fine line between being cocky and confident. And I really didn't know. I think she was threatened by my... Confidence. Yeah. That's or cockiness. A, it, I wasn't cocky. You could come across as cocky. I don't know. I really... No, I've never seen you as cocky, but... You are sarcastic. Sometimes people don't understand your sense no, of humor. No, I'm confident. But when I speak business-wise, it's no, confident. No, you're confident. I'm very confident You're confident of your information. Yeah. But some people, confidence, they can see it as cocky. So that's, that's our true. next show. That is very true. So everybody, thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. And make sure you go on to the project Instagram and the stories. And vote, vote for, for me. Vote for Mehdi. Me, me. All right. Dr. If you vote D. for Mehdi, it could probably no, you get won't. you on the show too. No, you won't. I will bribe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at the Project Kuwait. Thank you. And join us next time.